Bible says in verse number three that thou, uh, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to key in on this enduring hardness. There's been a there's been a shift from a hard life to an easy life. Um, parents are unsure on whether or not it's, uh, well, we want to just give our kids an easy life. We want it to be a comfortable life. And I'm not so sure that lines up with biblical principles. The Bible says to endure hardness. You're going to need a hard life if you're going to, if you're going to be a soldier. You're going to be a soldier for Christ, and you're going to live your life for Christ. You're going to have to learn what it means to endure hard times. Um, you know, young, <laughs> the younger the parent and the less experienced the parent, the more likely it is for the child to have to endure some hardness. The, the new mom, the new dad forgot to tell the child, don't touch the hot stove. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I, right. The, 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 the new, the new mom, the new dad, they may have forgotten to safety proof a cabinet and the kid got his fingers slammed in it. Look, I'm not saying that's such a bad thing. There's some hardness kids need to learn how to endure. And if you're going to be a soldier for Christ, life isn't always easy. Hardness helps Christians. It helps kids. It helps parents. We have too many older parents, I think, uh, and maybe it's not fair to say older. It could be any parent, I think, that are that, that it's the never-ending helicopter. You know, they're helicoptering over everything because they want to make sure everything is perfectly safe and secure. And look, I'm not saying be irresponsible. But what I am putting forth to you this afternoon is kids are going to have to learn to endorse hardness if they're going to be soldiers for Christ. You and I are going to have to do the same thing. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I used to ride my bike without a helmet. And I used to ride my bike without knee pads. And you know what I have as a result of it? I have bumps on my head. And you know what else I have as a result of that? I have scars on my knee. I have one big scar. That's good. That's good. To endure some hardness. To learn what it's like to fall down and scuff your knee and get some dirt and some rock in there. And you got to go home and mom's got to put some peroxide on it. Amen. And it burns and it stings. I'm talking about a hard life. Can be a good life. You're going to have to learn to endure some hardness. I'll tell you what else we did. We jumped on the trampoline and there wasn't a six-foot security net around the entire thing. You know, what I you know what happened to me as a result of that? I learned to jump to not fall off the edge. Now, I don't even think you can buy them without the security net and all that. I'm not saying if you got one, take it down. What I'm saying is there was a time when kids learned to figure out if you're stupid, you're going to get hurt. We have created a life for young people and for adults where there's net like you, everything is designed to be easy. We have microwave everything. I don't I've never heard of a microwave soldier. 
soldiers have to endure some hardness. Uh, the other thing that we did is we drank water out of the hose from, from outside. And I'm still here and I'm, I'm still in my right mind. You know? <laughs> Look, what I'm saying is this, hardness. Now all the kids have to drink bottled water. Why? Have them drink some water that might have some grains of sand or dirt in it. Dirt ain't going to kill them. Have them drink out of the hose. It's okay. I'm saying that because soldiers need to learn what it's like to live a hard life. Now, I was the oldest. I'm the oldest of six, and so my gift to my younger siblings was to teach them, teach them hardness. You know, as the older, and if you're the oldest in the family, you understand that you were probably the one that was picking on the younger ones. Uh, the younger ones learned some valuable lessons. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, what I did was bad, sure, but Mom wasn't always there, and Dad wasn't always there to just helicopter over the whole thing. They, the younger ones had to endure some hardness from the mean older brother. And we live in a sinful, fallen world. Hardness and trials and sufferings are going to come your way. Verse number four in 2 Timothy, it says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. They may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If everything in life is provided for you, life becomes too easy. And you can't go to war because you're entangled with the affairs of this life, the easy life. You know how many kids can sit on a couch and they can exercise it. We have some. We have youth in America that have some of the strongest thumbs in the world. You're entangled with the affairs of this world, and we need to be careful. How are you going to war for anything if you don't learn life can be hard? When you learn how to fight, how many, you, anybody in the military here? Anybody do martial arts or combat? Okay. You know, in combat, in martial arts, you got to learn how to fight. You learn how to fight by making mistakes, by making mistakes. You know, you get punched in the head and it's like, oh, I made a mistake. I need to keep my hands up. That's a war. That's a fight. You're learning. To endure some hardness. Uh, young ones, pay attention. Just look up here for one second while I help you out. When you hear the word no, that shouldn't trigger you to have to go find a safe space. Okay? When you hear the word no, you shouldn't melt down and need to color for five minutes to bring your emotions down. No, you hear no, and it should be, okay, I have to endure that. I have to learn that. Life isn't easy. I have to learn that I'm not going to get everything I want. Matter of fact, if I see my child getting 
and feeling like they're getting everything they want and life is too easy, I'll make it hard. And it's not because I'm mean. It's because I know an easy life leads to laziness. It leads to the affairs of this life. It leads to no mindset of war. And they grow up and they're adults. And they're not marching for Christ. They're not a soldier for Christ. Say that's me. I say it's not. I say let's learn how to endure some hardness. Amen. Amen. Kids and even adults today, they complain about everything. It's too hot, it's too cold. It, 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 it's too this, it's too that. It's 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 we we find reasons to complain. Now I'll give you a quick testimony. I was really proud of my son the other day. He woke up yesterday, wasn't feeling good. I gave him some medicine early in the morning. All congested, just feeling horrible. Well, he's got a job where he, he uh, helps the neighbor fall hay. And it was 95, I got up to 94 degrees yesterday. Well, he, he texted me. He said, uh, hey, I need him. I need your son to haul uh, some hay. Well, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's 94 degrees. And I told him, hey, uh, hey uh, neighbor needs you. And he didn't complain one bit. He went and got his, he got his work britches on. He put his boots on. He, he got his he got his farm gloves on and he and he went up and he hauled hay, not feeling good, 94 degree weather, and he came back and and you know what? That's that's a good testimony. That's look, I don't feel good, but life is hard. I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna go out and keep my word and help the neighbor and I'm gonna do my job. And and, and that's a good lesson. That's hard. It's too hot, too bad. I've got a word. So what? You're, you're training to be a soldier so that you can endure some hardness. I'll tell you part of my testimony as a young boy. Now, you young people, listen up. When I was a young kid, I got teased a lot. I got bullied a lot. I got poked around and pushed around a lot. Now, I wasn't happy about it back then. I wasn't happy about getting jumped and beat up and punched in the nose and, and, and called all kinds of names. But I'll tell you now, looking back, that was good. I learned to endure some hardness. I felt what it was like to get knocked down on the ground, have my face stuck into the dirt, have some big guy jump on my back, some kid two years older than me, and reach across and punch me in the face repeatedly. Now, I don't want that to happen to you, and I don't want that to happen to you. But I'm glad it happened to me, looking back. I had to endure some hardness. I had, to, I had to learn how to eat dirt that day. We got too many Christians that don't know what it is like to endure any type of hardness. Kids complain about food nowadays. Well, we're, 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 we're into gentle parenting. I'm not. I think that's the dumbest thing ever invented. Well, we're gentle parents. Who told you that? What book did you read? What psychobabble psychologist talked you into thinking that that's a good idea? Well, we're just going to let them choose what they eat. They don't like it. They got a choice. Choice one, take it. 
choice to leave it. Endure some hardness. Well, I don't like broccoli. Too bad. I think I should have a choice. I'm being triggered. Okay, you have a choice. You either eat it or you leave it. You get hungry enough, you leave it. Try that in the military. I don't like this pudding. <laughs> you know what that drill sergeant would do? Laugh in your face. I don't want today's military under Biden and Harris protecting us. But it, I don't know what in the world they're training them to do. You imagine that? Even the military isn't what it used to be. You talk to some of these guys that have gone through Vietnam, they're still alive. Go ahead and talk to them about what the military is like today as far as then. Talk to them. I have. It's different. Life is different. People are different. The Bible, it ain't. Endure, endure some hardness. My, uh, I grew up working on a, on a farm. My great uncles were scallion farmers. My uncle Louie, uh, he was in the military and he thought everybody should be in the military. Matter of fact, every time we did something wrong, matter of fact, every time we worked for him uh, every summer since it was 10, uh, he, I don't think we did anything right. As soon as the boss, as soon as my Uncle Louie showed up as the boss, as soon as he showed up, I don't think I did one thing right. And he'd, he'd, always, he'd always tell my dad the same thing. Well, I'll tell you what those boys need. Those boys, they, they, need they need the military. That's what they need. My dad said, well, he's 12. <laughs> Pure heart, loved us, but in his mind, he had it, he had it right. These boys need to learn to endure some hardness. Some hardness. When I say military, what word comes to your mind? When I say soldier, what word comes to your mind? Discipline is one of the words that comes to my mind. A disciplined soldier. Most churches, most churches, we are supposed to be soldiers who are trained to effectively go into battle as part of the Lord's army. The armor of God. Am I, can I get a witness on that, Brother Chris? The armor of God, right? Soldiers have armor, is that right? And we're supposed to be marching and fighting for him. I'm telling you, too many churches have gotten into this mindset of, well, we're going to sit and whine and we're going to sit and complain. And when's the potluck? And uh, we, we, we have to get wrapped around our head that we have a battle on our hands. How many new programs can we have? How many more nursery programs can we create to make life as simple and as easy and as carnally attractive as possible. You're saying we shouldn't have nurseries? No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't want to have a baby screaming and crying throughout the proclamation of the word of God. Nobody wants to hear that. What I'm saying is we are starting to design church life to make it as low barrier, as easy as it can be so that any of the Christians coming in 
won't ever have to lift a finger and endure any type of hardness. And I just don't see that as being a scriptural model. We are supposed to be getting encouraged under the teaching of the word of God to go out and live our lives as soldiers for Christ, warring in his battle. May God help us. May God help us. Soldiers obey orders. They don't whine and complain and cry. And if they do have a complaint, you know what the soldier does? He still gets the job done for his superior officer. We can get a hold of that as Christians. You can issue a complaint. I can be upset about something, but I can still get the job done that my Heavenly Father wants me to get done. Christians, if we make a mistake, we should make it right. If we fall down, we should get back up like a soldier would do. If somebody pushes you down to the ground, don't you stay laying in the sandbox crying all day. <laughs> Who's going to help me up? Nobody. Get up. Gird up your own loins. Encourage yourself. And get up. Don't stay down whining and complaining and crying. We as soldiers for Christ, if we get knocked down, it's time for us to get back up with the Lord's help. And we march. Soldiers march. We don't cross. We don't walk shrugged over. And we certainly don't skip around like Peter Pan and all. <laughs> no, we march for soldiers. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The forward march. Go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 10. You young people will like this. I think we all love this chapter. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, against power against the rulers of darkness of the spiritual world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We're talking about a soldier is going to need some equipment. And they're going to need some equipment because strong soldiers are going to go through some stuff. Do you see what you got in verse 11? You got wiles of the devil. You see what you got in verse 12? You're going to have to wrestle against powers that are evil. And you're going to have to deal with evil rulers of darkness. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to be a strong soldier, a strong soldier is made. And a strong fighter is made. You know how they're made? They're put through persecution. 
life is hard. And they're persecuted. A fighter, a soldier is persecuted on purpose. Do you know that if you were to enlist in the army, you would be willingly enlisting to have a drill sergeant yell at you, condemn you, and constantly aggravate you. You're signing up for that. There's a principle there. When someone signs up for martial art or combat training, they are willingly enlisting and having an instructor persecute them and aggravate them and train them to make them tough. And I am not asking anybody to sign up for trials or persecution. But I am saying this. If you are a Christian and you honestly want to stand up for Christ as a soldier for him. The devil's coming your way. And you better stand strong in the Lord. And you will be made a stronger soldier as you go through a trial. And some hardness and some persecution. We, many of you know my formal life in combat training. We were persecuted by our instructor on purpose. He was looking. For an opportunity for us to do wrong so that he can inflict physical pain upon us. We have these sandbags. They're 50 pounds, canvas bags, and he would make us hold them and march around them. And we have to go downstairs and we have to come upstairs with them. And, and every now and then, every now and then, you'd have a guy fall to his knees and about pass out. Good. Good. You know what we need nowadays in American Christianity? We need every now and then for a Christian to just fall to their knees in prayer to God. Because you know what that fighter asks for when he falls down from a hard session of training and persecution and all that? He's praying, help me get back up. Help me get back up. He wants to keep going on. He didn't fall down to quit. He didn't want to fall down in the first place. But he ended up on his knees. He ended up down. And he's asking for his coach and his instructor and his teammate, everybody to help him. Hey, I'm telling you, if you're a Christian, you might just find yourself falling flat, face flat on the ground, asking God to help you. God, help me. I'm going through some stuff. You want to be a soldier for Christ, you're going to have to endure some hardness. Ninety-four, ninety-five, I forget, back in the mid-90s, had an opportunity to go over to Korea. And the, the Korean instructor would have us uh, would have us hit concrete with the palms of our hands and the bottoms of our feet with kicks to help harden our bodies to help harden us and toughen us up who would do that 
somebody that wants to be a soldier would do that. Somebody says, I'm not doing that. Right, I know. You don't want to enlist in that army. I get it. But if you are a Christian, you are enlisted in the Lord's army. If he asks you to do something, well, it's going to hurt me. You know, if you go out and you talk to somebody about Jesus Christ today, you may get you might get mocked or laughed or blown off. That is a common thing that American Christians have to deal with. You try to tell somebody about Jesus Christ in communist China or North Korea, you're going to have a lot more persecution than just somebody giving you a snarky remark and making fun of your God. You might find yourself dead or in prison. you got to learn to endure some hardness. And life really isn't that hard here in America. Um, I'm amazed that lost, carnal athletes, fighters, fight harder and endure more persecution for a carnal earthly reward God help us, than most Christians do for eternal rewards. I'm not doing what I do for an earthly carnal reward. But there's going to be a judgment seat of Christ one day I'm going to be at. I'm doing what I do for my Lord and Savior and for eternal rewards. And I am asking all of us to consider that this afternoon. There's somebody worth fighting for. It's Team Jesus. Marines have a saying, Semper Fidelis. I'm not a Marine, but I have some friends that are Marines. And I can't say that to them. But if I've ever been out with the Marine. And they see another Marine, you know what they say? Semper Fi. I said, what does that mean? Always faithful. You would never disrespect, never disrespect a Marine by saying, oh, you were a Marine? <laughs> Do never say that to a Marine. You know why? Because once a Marine, always a Marine. Those brothers in the Corps are more faithful to each other than most Christians sitting in a local church than they are to their local church family. You know what they're saying is? A few good men. That's what we need as Christians. A few good men. The old song, what this dying world could use is a willing man of God who dares to go against the grain. And works without applause. Nobody's cheering for you. Nobody's applauding for you. This world will despise you as a Christian. You're not getting applause from man. And you shouldn't desire. 
A man who raised the shield of faith, protecting what is pure. Whose love is tough and gentle. A man whose word is sure. God doesn't need an orator who knows just what to say. He doesn't need authorities to reason him away. He doesn't need an army to guarantee a win. He just needs a few good men. And we need boys that start thinking that way. They're going to grow up to be a man. Men that are full of compassion, who laugh and love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. You young ladies listening, that's what you need. I think this is I think this man is God's will for my life. If he isn't what we just talked about, he ain't God's will for your life. <laughs> if you can't say that's a good man based on biblical truth, based on someone that's going to protect what's pure, that's not God's will for your life. We need a few good men, but we need a few good women. We need a few good children. Look what it says in Ephesians 6. We started, left off at verse 13. Watch what it says. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. That, that's the support. That braces, that braces you. That keeps all the armor consistently in place. Truth. It doesn't change. It supports you. And having the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate, that's defense. That defends all of your vitals. Your integrity, your character, and your heart. Because arrows are coming from wiles of the devil. And your feet shod, verse 15, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. No carnal weapons. You come with the gospel of peace. But those feet are marching forward. Firmly rooted in the truth of the gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Again, defense. That's defense. Defense. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. They're coming your way. When you're in a battle, there's defense. This is giving you your defense. Truth. Gospel, peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Look at verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. No salvation, no victory. Now you think about it. You're in the army. You're marching forward. And you're rallied with the hope of victory based on what your superior officers told you. 
You're not going into war to lose. You're going into war to win. Do you know what it says? And take the helmet of salvation. That salvation, that's the victory you have and I have. We don't have to go into war doubting the win. Because Christ brought the victory on the cross. We're in his army. That march, that, that marching with that helmet of salvation, we have the victory. We don't have to march like uh, kind of willy-nilly on this. We've got the victory. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And there's your family. And if you don't have a sword, you're not well armed. Oh, but I can protect my head. Great, that's defense. I can protect my vitals. Great, that's defense. I can protect protect from oncoming uh, fiery darts. Great, that's defense. I've got the truth. Great, you're prepared. But you need both defense and offense as a fighter, as a soldier. You know what your offense is? The sword of the spirit. What's the sword of the spirit? The word of God. And if you have a science professor that doesn't think anything about the Word of God, I would encourage you to bring your Bible to science class and just put it on the desk. Just saying. You need some offense. Christians should not always be on the defense. We need both. You know what we don't have, though? Well, watch this, uh, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit. And watching thereunto with all preservation and supplication on saints. We talk about uh, prayer on Thursday night. I would like to say this close. Have you ever heard of a soldier running from combat? If you ever did on a rare case, you would call him a coward. Because soldiers don't run from combat. They have everything on their head and their front. Everything is protected here in Ephesians 6. And they're marching forward because they're going into battle. They're able to endure hardness. They're standing strong in the Lord. You know why they don't have anything on their back? Because they're not turning and running. Soldier turns and runs. He gets shot in the back. And he runs from the battle, he'd be considered a coward. He trusts in the Lord, and he's going to march for it. The Lord's got his back. But he don't turn his back and run. You know, the other thing you got to watch out for, if you get on fire as a Christian, you get on fire for God, and you really want to do something for God, and you start running out in front a little bit ahead, you're on the front lines, and you're just on fire for God. You know what you got to be careful of? You're going to have somebody, a fellow Christian behind you is going to shoot you in the back. You get ahead of this thing for God. You're really excited about God. I'm telling you, there are Christians that will be behind you and they will be ready to stab you in the back, shoot you in the back, throw a spear at your back. And that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you got to turn around and face what's coming at you from fellow carnal Christians. And I wish it weren't so. 
but it is. And it happens week to week in churches all across America. Be strong in the Lord. And if you've never endured hardness, if you've never had danger come your way, you can't really testify of being courageous. Pick something. Pick something in your mind that you're afraid to do. I'm not talking about something that's sinful. I'm not talking about something that's illegal. I'm not talking about something that is wrong. I'm talking about right now, I want you to think. Think. What is something that you are afraid to do? Now, if you're brave enough to tell me, just call it out. What are you afraid to do? What are you afraid to do? What food don't you like? You don't like pickles. What kid doesn't like pickles? You don't like pickles. The Lord's helping us, amen, this afternoon. You're afraid to eat pickles. You don't like pickles, huh? You're actually, so you're afraid to eat pickles. You know what? You know what I want you to do this week? Eat pickles. Eat. And you're gonna you're gonna have to endure the hardness and the bitterness of pickles. And and as and as you're munching away on that pickle, the real pickle, not the chips pickle, amen. As you're doing that, you think about it. you think about it. what 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 Christ had to endure for you and I. Now we're using that as as you know, trying to draw out like a funny analogy so this sticks with you. The Christian life is being able to endure hardness. The same way you don't like eating pickles, and I say just do it, is the same way when a difficult person comes into your life, you're just going to have to face it. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to eat it. Why? It'll help you endure some hardness as a soldier for Christ. Be strong in the Lord. Remember, a good soldier, a good soldier does run from sin. The Bible talks about to flee. It talks about fleeing fornication, fleeing idolatry, fleeing the love of money, fleeing youthful lusts. But when it comes to the devil, the Bible never tells us to flee the devil. It says resist the devil. And you know what happens? The devil flees from you. How do you do that? You put your armor on and you stay strong in the Lord. And you flee all those sins we talked about. The devil's going to try to put in front of you. You flee those sins. But if you're going to have any power to resist the devil, it's only going to come from you standing strong in the power and might of our Lord Jesus Christ.
I want you to be a soldier or a soldierette for Christ. I want the same for myself. Let's pray.